Amen, amen. I am so glad to see all of you here in, in person. And for those of you who are in our church family and friends joining us online, if you're here for the very first time, I'm Ricky Ayala, the senior pastor of this wonderful church. And again, welcome all of you. I'm excited you've come to worship. Part of our wor uh, service here today is to hearing the message. And then later on, we're going to go transition into receiving communion today. And uh, again, that's one of the things I get excited about once a month when we gather together at the table, Christ's table, and uh, break communion remembering what Christ has done for us. I'm excited also today is our second Sunday of Advent and we are in our current sermon series that is titled Unwrapped. Now last week I began the series with Unwrapping the Promises. We heard about how God promised a Messiah and we, he delivered that promise with the, our Savior, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then after hearing with, uh, doing scripture references, how Jesus told them that he's not going to leave us, you know, nor forsake us. And he was going to ask the Father for the gift and the promise and that was the Counselor, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit. We went into the book of Acts and before Jesus Jesus ascended, he had told those disciples to wait there a little longer because they were going to receive the promise that God was going to give them. Again, that is the Holy Spirit. And one of those scripture reference was in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when it says that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then if you were part of the online uh, community last week, I mentioned, please let us know where you're worshiping from. So that way we we all see how that verse 8 comes to life in our reality in our day, in our days. And so one of, one, of, one of the things I want to do for you and for those of you, especially for online, if you are able to, please comment, if, you're, if, you, if you don't mind sharing, where is your favorite place to eat? So go ahead and put that in the comments. So if anyone here in person, can I just get three volunteers? You don't have to come up here. Okay, okay. You don't mind sharing where you like to eat? Can I get three hands? Real quick, go ahead. Springford Diner. Springford Diner. In the back? Mama Maria's You know, they have, I'm sure they got some good uh, you know, ravioli or lasagna, huh? No. And back here? And Olive Garden. All right, thank you so much. For those of you online, keep on putting in. I, you know, again, we don't mind sharing when we have a favorite spot to do. For me, one of my favorite spots is actually in Spring City. It's titled The Latin Corner, and it's a mom-and-pop shop. You know, they have Puerto Rican food. There. They got some rice and beans, and they got, oh, um, I'm already getting hungry, right? The, the, the downside is they're like uh, Chick-fil-A. They close on Sundays, you know, so I can't, I can't go there uh, after the service today. But... Here's the part, when we go and we don't mind sharing where, you know, when we have a great experience for those who are, you know, the, uh, go to eat here, they have great food, uh, uh, you got to try the appetizer. Oh, and, they, and they'll say which one it is. Oh, you got to try this main dish. Oh, you got, oh, you got to try this dessert. I mean, one of my desserts that I love to share, you know, I went over to Morton Steakhouse one time, and they, when they were ordering, in the very beginning, they said, uh, what would you like for dessert? And I kind of found out a little weird. Why were they asking for a dessert when I haven't even, you know, gotten even the appetizers yet? They mentioned to me that they make, you know, the, the, the dessert, especially if it's the uh, molten, like the lava chocolate cake. Oh, and I'm like, what? 
you, you make it for, you know, I, and they're like, yeah, while you're eating, it's being baked, and then so that way it's ready for you. Oh, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. When I just put that fork into that thing, and the, the chocolate just, just came oozed out, and they got some ice cream, and oh, my, and it's some little raspberry. Oh, it was, amen, amen, I'm telling you. When, when, when you want to talk about food, that, that's my topic right there, right? You know, so. <laughs> No, but we don't mind sharing, okay, when we are, you know, when we love something. You know, it's like, oh, you got you to gotta do this. You got to uh, go, go here. But also, but when we look into how sharing, how God has changed our lives, sometimes we're hesitant. And what I want to do today is go through Scripture reading and uh, several, uh, several Scripture readings and seeing how the Bible and the, those individuals can help us out in understanding how we're able to share. And again, today's message is unwrapping the power. So I'm going to invite you to please open up your Bible to Luke chapter 1. This is happening when uh, Zechariah was uh, uh, doing his priestly duty. He had a visit from one of the angels and told him, don't be afraid because your wife Elizabeth is going to be child. And that's where we're going to find ourselves. Again, second half of verse 13. The Bible says, your wife Elizabeth will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord and their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. Now he will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. So that's, you know, the, just the beginning of this uh, uh, child's name is John. All right, so I'm going to go. I'm going to ask you to please open and go and turn the pages over to the book of Mark. And Mark chapter 1, now we're getting more information about this child. He's no longer a child. He is uh, what his responsibility is. He's already, the Bible already told us that he is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. So with that power, he, wanted, he, he already had a mission. And what was his mission? We're going to go into this again. Mark chapter 1. Beginning on verse 1, it says, This is the good news. Can you say good news? This is a good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God. It began just as the prophet Isaiah had written. Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way. He is a voice shouting in the wilderness, prepare for the way, the way for the Lord's coming. Clear the road for him. And if you're taking notes, that's found in Isaiah chapter 40, uh, verse 3. But this messenger was John the Baptist. Again, the child that we had just spoken about in the book of Luke. He was in the wilderness and preached that people should be baptized to show that they had repented of their sins and turned to God to be forgiven. And all of Judea, including all the people of Jerusalem, went out to see and hear John. And when they confessed their sins, he baptized them in the Jordan River. Now get this, ladies and gentlemen, his clothes were woven from a coarse camel hair, and he wore a leather belt around his waist. For food, he ate locusts and wild honey. 
And John announced, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater that I am not worth, even worthy to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but, the, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Let me pause there for a moment. Here, John, you know, already, we already heard that he was filled with the Holy Spirit even before birth. He had a mission, was to prepare the people for the coming of the Lord, and he didn't disappoint. He knew what he had to do in that power of the leading of the Holy Spirit. Keep in mind that this is the same Holy Spirit when Jesus was baptized after, uh, by, by, by John, led Jesus into the wilderness and was tempted by the devil. All right, and you can find that on Luke 4. But what's happening is John was more, people think, well, he was an extraordinary man. He really preached. And of course, that power came from the Holy Spirit. We already heard that the Holy Spirit is to remind us of all that Jesus had done here on earth, but also to teach us, to educate us, to counsel us, to be our advocate. So here's this John, extraordinary. What made him extraordinary was by being placing himself in the hands of the Almighty God to know that he had a message to share, and that was to tell the people to prepare the way for the Lord by going out there, repenting of their sins, turning back to God. That was his mission. But sometimes, you know, when we think about the message that he shared, the Bible says that many people came out there, so they flocked to hear the message, but to hear the message— they went to go see him, but uh, according to the scripture in Mark uh, chapter 11, verse 29 to 33, we'll hear that not everybody accepted the message. And we know that, ladies and gentlemen, not everybody accepted the message of John, not everybody accepted the message of Jesus, and not everybody is going to accept the message here in, our, in, our, in 2020. Why? Because the Bible is saying in the book of James, I believe it's chapter 1, it says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. What that means is that you can hear it, and if you're just going to hear it, yep, I'm, I'm able to see it, I'll hear it. But if you don't apply, if you don't unwrap that promise, if you don't unwrap that power that is available to you as a child, son and daughter of the Almighty God, how are we understanding how to live our life each and every day? If we can change our mindset of saying, God, you have given me this day. I want to take every opportunity to be more, less of me and more of you. Help me to understand in your power through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the same way that you have done with John and others, that I'm able to make that same effect on other people's lives, to share the good news. Amen. So John unwrapped that power, ladies and gentlemen. He understood it. He got the promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit. He knew how to unwrap that power. He spoke with boldness. He told the people what they needed to hear. He was straight out. I'm going to give you an example. Go to Luke chapter 3, verse, beginning on verse 7. Amen. Chapter 3, verse 7. It says, when the, the crowds, this is the same John, when the crowds came to John for baptism, here's what he said. He says, you brood of snakes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, right? Another translation said, you brood of vipers. It says, well, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. 
don't just say to each other, we're safe, for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham of these very stones. Even now, the axe of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, he was with that power. He said it as he needed to say it. He didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't uh, water it down. He said it as it was. If you're sinning, it is a sin. No matter how you think small the sin is, sin is still sin. And if you have sin in your life, you got to make sure that we are being purified by the holiness of the Almighty God so that way we can show you can't be in the midst of the holiness and, and sacred sacredness and, and the consecrated and being sanctified if we are not aware and repenting of our sin. So he was saying as it is, and I, and I loved how that, that same power that John was looking at uh, and saying it about the brood of vipers, I remember how Jesus also spoke to those, uh, uh, the, the teachers of the religious laws and the Pharisees. Let me give you an example. In Matthew 23, verse 27, he said, this is Jesus. I don't want you to confuse Jesus and John, but here, see the resemblance of what was mentioning. He said in verse 27, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and Pharisees? And Jesus, with authority, he called them hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but filled on the inside with dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. You see, the, the scripture also says, you know, that a man, you know, a human beings see from the outside, but God looks at the heart. He sees the inside of individuals. But man with that boldness and the power of the Holy Spirit... John was able to share what he needed to share. He knew what his mission was. He told the people to repent. And what happens is those, who have, those are the individuals that didn't want to accept that message is partly because they didn't like what they were hearing. They didn't like that, oh, man, if I give all myself up, you know, it's all about me, more about, you know, all about me. It's like I'm not going to enjoy my life anymore if I turn away from what I've been doing. So therefore, they're hearing but not doing. Isn't that in our life today? Yes, I want to follow Jesus. I got to do what? <laughs> I know. But what happens is another scripture reference talks about, you know, that, that people go and like have those itchy ears. They, they go and wherever the, uh, that what's happening satisfies what they believe is what they want to get used to or the way they want to live like this is the way I want to live God accepts me for who I am you know he loves me and things but if there has to be some type of transformation when you meet the holy God you see God is the God of love but people forget that he is also a God of justice and not everybody likes to hear that part because justice deals with discipline, and not just more of the discipline of getting you in trouble or things on there. It's the, the, the discipline of love. Because you love your child, you want the very best for them, and there are times that you have to tell your child, stop doing this. 
It is not because they're a bad parent. It's because they know what's happening later on. They see what can take place. And the road that they're going is not a good one. It's going to end, you know, in a cliff or it's going to end somewhere else. So sometimes we just say, stop, turn around. And you know what's no different than what God is telling his sons and daughters. You know, John was talking about repenting. And someone said, well, that was John the Baptist. But what happens to the regular, ordinary people? So I just want to share with you a few scripture references again. Uh, for example, the shepherds, and I'm not going to go through this, the shepherds, uh, when they heard the, the message that the, the, the child was, was already born and things, so they were out in the fields, and this is Luke starting on uh, uh, verse 8. Uh, Luke 2, starting on verse 8. When I talk about the shepherds, the ordinary people receiving the message, But I want to share with you, and of course, when they went and they told the people what had been, what took place, people were amazed by the message that they shared. So I want to share with you a few others. Luke chapter 4, verse 35 through 37. This is something that uh, Jesus had been performing, and, and this is what took place. He says, Jesus, but Jesus reprimanded him, be quiet, come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched. Then it came out of him without hurting him further. And get this, on verse 36, amazed, the people exclaimed, what authority and what power this man's words possess. Even evil spirits obey him and they flee at his command. And get this, ladies and gentlemen, don't miss this. On verse 37, the news about Jesus spread through every village in the entire region. Let me pause there. there was, they didn't say names. They didn't have print. They didn't have social media. You know how when we were talking about the great place to eat, when we have that dish that's there and we say grace and we say amen and we're about to dig in and then someone says, no, no, hold up, hold up, hold up. So what happened? Are we missing something? He said, they, they, they would say, yeah, a picture. The picture of, I just want to eat. I, I just want to eat. But what takes place, ladies and gentlemen, is that when we have, like the ordinary, we don't, we didn't, they, don't have, they didn't have the social media, they didn't have print, they shared, the ordinary people shared what they had seen and heard. Doesn't that sound like ordinary, like you and me? I mean, ladies and gentlemen, there were times, you know, when I got the call to ministry, you probably already know, most of you know, pastoring was not in my to-do list in life. I got degrees that are different from the, in, in the, in the, in the pastorate, more of the criminal justice. And, and, but what, one of the things what took place was I just gave up, right? And I, and I gave up. I'm talking about I surrendered to the Lord and I was able to say, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll do it, but only if you will be there with me. Because it's not easy, right? So, so what took place is sometimes that we, quote unquote, ordinary people, I remember when, <laughs> when I started ministry, I said, okay, if I'm going to be ministry, I don't, who am I to be up there and preaching? So what did I do, ladies and gentlemen? I went to the television where those uh, televangelists are there, so I wanted to make sure that I was doing it right. Ordinary. I want to make sure I was doing it right. So I remember watching one time, I got to be able to study this individual because it was a large church. And, and so uh, without names, I remember standing one Sunday, I remember coming up to the pulpit. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I want to let you know about the message of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And because that's what I saw in the television, right? Then I'm thinking, you know what, try something else different, just to make sure that that's not the only way. So I did. I found another televangelist, and man, this evangelist, and he's, you know, woo, you know, I'm going at it, you know. And that was the second Sunday. They're like, what was different from last week to this week? And I'm thinking, God, okay, why? Am I supposed to be like this person? Am I supposed to be like that person? I said, it was like the Spirit telling me, Ricky, I didn't call you to be this individual, that individual. I called you to be yourself and let me work through you so that way people can know that the ordinary God can use very mightily. Amen. Amen. But sometimes we're afraid. Sometimes we're afraid to share the good news because we feel like we are a nobody. If we believe Jesus is the greatest gift of all, why are we so reluctant to share that gift with others? Let me share with you through um, at least three reasons. The first one is we know we do not have all the answers to people's questions. You prepare for that. You, you, you tell them about Jesus, and all of a sudden they come with a question, and, and you get stumped. I'm like, oh. But you know what? It's okay to be able to say, that's a very good question. I don't know the exact answer, but let's find out together. So people are reluctant because they don't have all the answers that people have to the questions that people have, so they're reluctant to sharing. So that could be a reason. The second reason that could be is that we are not sure we are the most Jesus-like example out there. So you have a great experience with, with, with Jesus, you know, with the Holy Spirit in church or another event, and you want to be, share it out there. But what happens is that we're reluctant to share the gift of Jesus with others and what Jesus has done in our lives as we gave him our life because we are reluctant to, for people to say, well, the Jesus-like characters in you. Hold on a minute. Just last week, you were, you were mistreating this person. And just last week, they, you were using that foul language. How can you be a Christ follower? I would love to do a sermon series that's, that's most like, you know, I'm under construction. Why? Because when we give our life to Christ, yes, it would be great if everything changed. There is some type of transformation, but when nothing is happening, when we give our life to Christ, we are reluctant to share of what has happened in our life because people are saying, you already know, oh, what are they going to say about me? I've mistreated people. Again, I've, I've used foul language. But you can, you know, why not let them know, you know what, I am under construction. I gave my life to Christ this past week, and I know there's going to be transformation, but don't give up on me because God has not given up on me yet. And let me tell you something, a great example, if you tell them I'm a great example that here, God provided that grace for me to change my life, and I'm going to change day by day as I continue to seek him and to do his will. Why are we afraid to share anything like that? Because we feel that the people are going to come back at us and say, oh, your Jesus-like characteristics are not there. And the third reason, well, at least the last one I'm going to share with you, is that we're afraid the conversation would be awkward and that people will unfriend us, whether it's on social media or literally in person. You know, I don't know about you, but I have lost, you know, in the relationships. The relationships have been affected because I became a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, I wasn't going, I wasn't, I didn't come at them with camel hair, you know, with the leather uh, belt around my waist or eating locusts and wild honey. I couldn't even tell you what that tastes like, right? However, 
when, they were, when people came and I was telling them, I gave my life to Christ. I lost relationships. You may have lost relationships. But what a great gain that we have. I'm not saying that we don't have relationships with those that are unchurched. I'm saying that things are going to happen, and when you think that, oh, things are going to be great, you've given your life to Christ, remember, you may lose relationships because of your decision. You see, the story of Jesus is an amazing story. The impact he has in our lives is an amazing story and a priceless gift. So let me share a a note with you. It says, when we tell our story, we share our gift. Again, when we tell our story, we share our gift. So if we feel unqualified or uncomfortable sharing the story, how about we start to spread? How can we start spreading the good news? So let me give you a few examples. You can pray for that person or persons. You can pray for them. Pray for yourself that God will give you that power and to understand that power and how you're able to work and and move forward in courage with that same power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Invite them to come to church, whether it's in person or online. Invite them to an event or a special outing. For example, Pastor Gil mentioned this coming week, December 10th, from 6 to 8 p.m., and then uh, Friday and Saturday and Sunday. What a great opportunity that, that people have in the church and our community to hear the message of Christ as they do with Bethlehem, uh, an interactive walk to the manger. So you may not feel comfortable enough to sharing of God, how God has changed your life, but you can certainly do something, and by doing something, you can invite them and let them hear for themselves. And possibly they can have a conversation with you to let you know what their experience was. Invite. Pastor Gill loves to say that most people begin attending church on the arm of a friend. However you start, ladies and gentlemen, start somewhere. Start by sharing your story of how God has changed your life in your life group. Start there because you've already trusted that, that small group that you're with. And if you're not connected with a life group, share it with me. Send it to my email at pastorricky at, uh, at newhanoverumc.org. I want to hear your message. Start somewhere so that way you start feeling comfortable in sharing your story of how God has changed your life. And I'm not saying that everything has been great, but being honest, being real, and knowing it has been tough. But man, if I didn't have Jesus in my life, if I didn't have the church, if I didn't have people praying for me, if I didn't have that support system... I want to hear it. I want to hear your story. And for those of you who are online, if you're not here in the area, you know, I still, again, I want to be able to to hear your story. Send it to my email address. And pray that God will give you the power and courage to share your testimony. Or you are not alone. You know, last week I shared with you the unwrapping that promise. Today, unwrapping that power. I don't have time to share it with you today, but if you will notice in Acts chapter 1, when when Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and then he told his disciples to wait a few days, in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit did come. 
And I want you to see and notice the difference that it made in the disciples' lives, especially Peter, as he stood up in front of all those individuals. That was the same Peter with all the disciples that they were hiding in a room after Jesus was crucified. And what change and transformation from hiding or being behind closed doors or being quote-unquote quarantined as have we have experienced throughout all these months and, and being away from your, the quote-unquote norm. With that same power, you will notice how he made a difference in people's lives. And the Bible says in that chapter 2 of Acts that over 3,000 people came to know the Lord. That same Peter, you, as you consider yourself, who am I that I can make a difference? When John spoke to prepare the people for the coming of the Lord, he just preached and he let God do the rest. Trust God as you share your story, not only sharing it, but people see a difference in your life that they will all too will also share what God has done for them. And who knows, maybe you will lead them to Christ. We have to learn how to unwrap the promise, the gift of the precious Holy Spirit, and we got to know and understand, just like John and others did, of how to unwrap that power. It's available to us. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to you in need of your power as we spend time with you fill us with strength and rebuild our energy that it has been drained from us as we face the struggles and hardships in our lives like the disciples let us receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us and let that power give us the courage to speak up and testify about what Christ has done for us and the change he can have in everyone's life. Let our story cause others to come to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, one of the things that I love to do as I shared with you earlier is breaking bread together with you as we remember what Christ has done for us. The same Christ that asked his Father to give us that gift, that promise of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was with his disciples, the night before he gave himself up for us, he, they had a meal and he took the bread. And then he gave thanks. He broke it. And he said, take and eat. For this is my body broken for you. He then took the cup. He gave thanks. And he told them, drink from it, all of you, for this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. So as this table is set, and reminding us that it is Christ's table, it is not the Methodist table, but Christ's table that invites everyone to come and receive the communion. But before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, let me just pause for a quick prayer. We're ending with the Lord's Prayer.
Gracious God, we come before your presence today and we thank you. As last week we began with unwrapping the promise, today we talked about unwrapping the power. And that power is the gift and the promise that you had asked God to give us, and that is through the precious Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us that we, and that the Holy Spirit is to remind us, and here we are in this special moment, God. And for those who are joining online in their own setting, let them be their sanctuary. Prepare to receive communion today, remembering the body that was broken, that was sacrificed, the blood that was shed for our sins. We come to you and saying thank you for your forgiveness, for the wrong that we have done, and how we're able to change our lives for the better. God, we follow the example of Jesus Christ when he prayed and showed his disciples how to pray, and we continue with that prayer when he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For those of you who are online, go ahead and uh, receive communion with your family and friends. For those of us who are here and have received your uh, little disposable communion cup, there's uh, little sleeves. The first sleeve is actually has a wafer on the top. If you can take that out, take and eat. The next sleeve, if you pull back, be careful, pulling back, is the, the juice, the grape juice that representing the blood of Christ. Go ahead and drink. 